0: a couple of things before I hand over to Stuart we do have um, three compassion children that we support as a church Um, there's two envelopes here with um, the stuff to write a letter to them so there's a reply from them and a letter that you can reply back with a free post envelope if you would be willing to write a letter to one of our kids that would be great otherwise they just keep hearing from me and I feel like I say the same thing over and over again so (laughs) please do come I'll put that on the table here which I'll move out of the way in a moment Um, and um um, just to let you know that next Sunday, what we're going to be doing is celebration tunnels in the centre of town. So we'll meet about half past 11 outside where the light cinema is outside Broadway. Um, you know, it's a great time because we get chance to celebrate people as they're kind of doing their Christmas shopping and we want to be taking, you know, we can't be singing this stuff and then keeping it to ourselves. Like it's just wrong. So we, you know, we're absolutely a church that reaches out and wants to keep reaching out to people. So we're going to be doing celebration tunnels. You know, if you are uncomfortable with that, don't worry. We'll all be together, all looking silly. Um, if you have silly reindeer horns or whatever you want to put on, or hats or Christmas jumpers, feel free to do that. I think we've got a few. And then after, afterwards, we'll probably go to somewhere like Pizza Express and have some lunch together. So if you are going to join us for lunch as well, you don't have to tell us if you're going to join us for Celebration Tunnels, but if you want to join us for lunch as well, if you let um, either Stuart or myself know so that we can make sure we can book a table big enough for us all. And if money is an issue, then just have a quiet word with Stuart and I because we'll just cover it. It's not not an issue, if you see what I mean. We're family, and what family do is help each other out. And we know this season can be tough for some people, so we want to help you out. And we don't want you to miss out of that family time that we get together of just, you know, celebrating other people and then enjoying having some family time together. And then the Sunday after is when we're going to do our kind of pancake and Christmas sharing. So that will be a slightly different Sunday. We will be doing some worship, but we will be... Um, yeah, just having some fun time to, together as well, just sharing kind of what God's speaking to us. And then the, just the final reminder is on this Wednesday, we're doing a pre- day of prayer and fasting. This isn't for anything in particular. I know you're probably all thinking, oh, but we could pray about a building. Well, of course you can. I'm not saying don't do that. But I, the thing that God keeps just saying to me is, I just want you to listen. So I think we need to set aside the time, you know, whatever that looks like for you in your day, you know, the time that maybe you ate or if you give up television, the time that you would have watched a TV programme or whatever it is, you're going to fast for that day. So, what, you know, I'm not saying you have to do food if that's a real struggle for you to just give up something. But in the time that you would have used to do that, whatever that is... Spend some time just listening and asking God. Okay, God, what do you want for celebrate? What, you know, this is this is my family. What are you saying to us? Because He doesn't just speak to Stuart and I about the direction of the church. He speaks to us all. So I'd just be asking Him in this time. What do you want to say? So that's on Wednesday. We're doing that day of prayer and fasting. I'm going to hand over to Stuart now.
1: Ooh, I'm rattling.
0: Can you can you
1: hear me? What you can? Cool. Good. Good get that out of the way for a minute cool yeah um, if you don't know what a celebration tunnel is come next week and find out it's good fun it's a really easy way just to bless to bless people um, and if you're scared stiff of, of you know speaking to people in the street celebration tunnels are an amazing way to get started because you're with a group and you don't actually have to say anything you can just stand there and clap and cheer um, yeah and to reiterate what, what Liz said about Pizza Express you are all welcome money's not an issue all we ever say to people is, "Give us what you can, and we'll cover the rest." And if what you can give is nothing, that's fine. We're not. We're not worried. We're much more concerned about having family time together than we are anything to do with with cash. God provides whenever you're obedient. So, if you're um, new to us, as you've probably already seen, we like to do things differently. So please wander around, get a drink. There are croissants. There are other things in the in the kitchen. If you're going, I've only had a bit of a breakfast. I'll have a bit more in a minute. Um, just make yourself at home. We like to do things like that. And the, again, guess the other thing about next Saturday. Is if you can only come for lunch and you can't do the tunnels, that's fine. If you're going out Sunday, rather. And if you can do the tunnels but not do lunch, that's fine. We always work on, you know, you're invited, you're not expected. And um, you can stay as long as you want. You know, So i halfway through my talk today as long as I'm not insulting you and that's why you're going out in which case I'd like to talk to you but you know if, if you're finished before I'm finished and you need to get off that's not a problem we're not, we're not you know tying you to your chairs as you will see in a moment you're not going to be tied to your chairs anyway so we, we try and do things differently I mean one of the things that we are starting to do differently I have to say in the WhatsApp prayer group is this continuing takeover of terrible dad jokes no, and no. you're mostly to blame young man over, over here it's mostly you well you too actually you too I said I'm going to separate you two before long. I'm telling you, and I I don't know where you get it from because you know I never do anything like that. I'm I'm far. Oh, what's that? You'd like some more? Cool. Good. I went to the doctors this week. He said, "My word, you've got chronically low blood pressure. Really low blood pressure." And he wrote me a prescription for three IKEA wardrobes.
0: <laughs>
1: Think. Think about no, no, I was thinking of you It was he was actually was the this one this one is for you, actually, you like this one during the war. my granddad, you like that, my other granddad, served as a regimental Christmas tree. he didn't see much action, but he was highly decorated. ah, now that I've got that off my chest, better than your two. Cool. Anyway, um, I don't know if you've noticed, maybe maybe you haven't, maybe you're just like, oh, it's what we do anyway, um, but we've probably, we've been talking about some things that maybe we haven't talked about before, or we haven't talked about as often, because often, you know, a lot of what we tend to cover here as a church is about our values as a church and how we can be us, Um, and we talk a lot about the kingdom, bringing the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God, the government of God from heaven to earth with our words, with our actions, with our worship. Um, so normally you would see, you know, sort of presence, encountering God's presence and the kingdom of God are, are big themes for us, or in some ways our, our dominant themes. Um, but we've been starting to sort of look at some, some different things. And the reason we're starting to do those things is very simple. If you want to do what Jesus did, then you need to do what Jesus did. Eh? If you want to live a life of power and encounter, if you want to be somewhere where people meet God when they meet you, you know, miracles, healings, love, grace, all the stuff, then actually you need to live with the practices of Jesus as well. You You don't get the power of Jesus without the practices of Jesus, what he does. If you want to do what Jesus did, then you need to do what Jesus did. Does that make sense? Good. Well, that does to three of you anyway. That's good. Um, so we're talking about um, being apprentices of Jesus. Trying to take, update this word disciples. What a disciple meant was somebody who, who apprenticed, who learned from somebody else. Not just a skill, but actually a way of living, a way of being. That's what got handed on from a rabbi, a teacher, to a disciple, an apprentice, And when the disciples were hanging out with Jesus, when they were doing their apprenticeship, it wasn't like we do it, you know. I say Colin's a a carpenter. Somebody apprentices with Colin. They would go and work however many hours a day he works, and be with him, and then go home, put their feet up, you know, have the tea, watch the telly, whatever else. That's not how you discipled. That's not how you apprenticed when you were a apprentice of a rabbi in the time that. That Jesus is living and talking. And it wasn't even, as, as the young people say, it wasn't even just sort of hanging out. You know, It wasn't that they went down the pub together. You did everything together. You literally lived life with your rabbi. You went where they went. You ate what they ate. You slept when they slept. You listened to their words and you did what they told you to do. That, that was the life of an apprentice. It was life on life. It wasn't sit up and listen to me. It was come and be with me. That's what Jesus says, isn't it? Come with me and I will make you fishes of men. Not listen to my words, although that he does obviously want us to obey and that's how we love. But come and be with me. Come and do life my way. And then we'll be shaping each other. I'll be shaping you. So you, you literally learn from somebody a new rule of life. Not a rule, you know rules, I must do this and I must do that, but a new way of doing life and of being life. And the challenge with how we do church now in the West is we do this once a week. You know, and we try and connect with each other through the terrible WhatsApp group and other ways, and that's a great, great thing to be doing, but we don't, we don't hang out in much, in, in, as a group the same way. So are there things that we can learn from the pattern and practice of Jesus that we can make part of our daily existence when we're not here? When, you know, it's been a couple of weeks or one reason or another you've not been connected to other people. Ways that will keep you living in his way. Ways that you can learn from him. And it's because of this desire to say actually who we are as people, how we live as apprentices of Jesus matters. Because if we want people to meet God when they meet us, then we need to do what he did. That's the only way it works. It's why um, Liz and John started talking about, well, Liz first, and then John echoed it a little bit, this idea of silence and solitude. I trying to say to people, there are some discipleship practices that we seem to have lost sight of. We've made, you know, being a Christian during the week about your 15-minute quiet time. No, it's more than that. Actually, to go deep with him, here's an idea for a Western culture full of media and full of phone interruptions and everything else. Shut up and simply be with him. Not impressing him by how many Bible passages you've read, even though that's important. Not going with your list of requests for all the things you want to see solved, even though that's important. But simply being in his company. Sitting quietly with him. Because that's what Jesus did. And if you want to do what Jesus did, do what Jesus did. If we want to impact this city by doing what Jesus did, power, miracles, healings, grace and love, words of wisdom, all the good stuff, then we need to keep working on our apprenticeship of Jesus. See, the see, the world needs people who are living in all his fullness. And we do want all the stuff we talk about, healing signs and wonders. But we want people who in their very character and nature, in how you do life, your neighbours and your friends and your family look and think. In, in the words of Steve DeSilva, Donna's husband, we can, we can practice the evangelism of envy. It might sound odd, the evangelism of envy. That was always the call on Israel. The people of God were meant to live in such a way that everybody else looked and said, we want to be like them. The way they do life is simply better. It's better than what we do, so let's do life their way. It's the same idea. We're, we're meant to be the people that others look at and think, do you know what? They, in the middle of a hastily Christmas season, they stay calm. You know, when when there's not enough money coming in, they don't talk about how little they've got. They thank God for how much they know that he's already given to them.
2: That's right.
1: You know, who go deep in relationship, who don't stay at the, how are you, I'm fine, how are you, I'm fine. Nonsense that doesn't build real relationships. We need people who look like Jesus, who live in the fullness of who Jesus is. You see, we're called to be fruitful, aren't we? We're called to be fruitful. I'll come to the first command in, in the, of the God in, in a minute. But, you know, the Bible defines what fruit is. And it says this in very well-known verses, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And some of you have heard me rant on about this before. This is the only appropriate picture. Any idea you have a fruit in a bowl for the fruit of the Spirit is unbiblical. Okay? It is fruit, singular, the fruits. It has different segments, but you don't get to go and say, well, I'll have an apple, but I don't like a banana. You know, So I'll, 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 ha- I'll, I'll have um, love, but I don't want any, any of that joy nonsense. That's not for me. No, no, no. You, you, the segments might be slightly different sizes, and we might want to grow one, but you get all of them. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Plurals in the Bible, or when it's a singular or a plural, really matters. It doesn't say fruits. Like it's not revelations. It is fruit, singular. Revelation, singular. It's one of the ways you can get more into the Bible, is looking at what the words, what they end with. Fruit of the Spirit. That's what we're meant to be developing. Yes, of course we want the gifts of the Spirit, absolutely. But actually, I remember a long time ago, a great Bible teacher at the church that Liz and I met at, I remember him saying, one of the things that just resonated in my head, we talk a lot about the gifts of the Spirit, and then sometimes we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. What we actually need to do is put them together. Because you shouldn't have an unloving prophet. If you have an unjoy-filled apostle, then it's not working right. The two have got to come together. You know, Healing that isn't done gently actually hasn't been done in his name. I've never been fond of, get out, Satan, let me shout at you. Because it's not what Jesus did. Fruit of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit. So that we can fulfill, actually, the initial command in the Bible. The first thing God tells his people to do. Anybody know what it is? Thank you. Good try, but not quite (laughs) different one. Well done. Go on, bring it up. God blessed them and said to them, Genesis 1.28, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Be fruitful. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, humility, self-control. That is being fruitful. And we are told to be fruitful. So our characters are important. How we do life, not just what we do in life, matters to God. And I have to say, you know, the church has always been we've not always been that good (laughs) at apprenticing people, giving people ways of practicing life like Jesus lived it. Because we're meant to be fruitful, and of course if we're if we're being that it falls under the big thing. When Jesus was asked to summarize the law, or when he chose to summarize the law, what did he say? Yep, that's one part of it. And then he said to Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is in the, the message. This is the most important, the first on any list. There is a second set alongside it. Love others as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs. Everything in, in God's law and the prophets hangs with them. Love. Being a loving people, that's not soft. Love isn't soft and squishy. You know, there's an old song lyric, love soft as an easy chair. Oh, give me a break. (laughs) Love requires work. It requires effort. It requires commitment. It requires diligence. It requires sacrifice. I know because I look at the life of Jesus. But love matters. We're meant to be people who are full of love. The challenge is the world that we are in, the people that we hang out with often. We're being pressurized by a world that forces us in the other direction. Little shiny things in our hands that demand our attention. Do you know how many times, on average, the average person touches their phone? Any ideas? Um, Higher. Over two thousand? Yeah, a bit more actually. Two <laughs> thousand four hundred. 2, 3- three thousand four hundred it's about three thousand three hundred times a day. On on average. Some of you lot, including me, we're a bit older, so we do it a little bit less. But some of the younger people do it a lot. Everything demands our attention. Everything wants us and it wants us now. So amuses me now. If I, my my daughter WhatsApps me, not just her, you know, if I don't WhatsApp back within an hour, she's worried. I'm like, I'm doing something else. <laughs> I love you very deeply. It can wait. See, I believe Jesus has all the answers to life, all of them. He has every answer we need. He is the wisdom of God incarnate, walking the earth. If you want to know how you should live life, you look at him. He doesn't just have the answers. He is the answer to everything. Every challenge, and I I mean everything. Every road planning decision, every school, every vaccine. He's the answer to everything. He has the answer to everything, and he is the answer to everything. And I long to be part of the people. I long to influence and be one of the voices that that starts to shape a group of people who who look like Jesus. Who've got the practices right. So that's why we're doing some of this stuff. You see, I see I see a world that's full of need. Full of need. Where people are not at their best. Because they're stressed and they're pressurized and they're tired and they're worried. And if all you have to do is turn on the TV for two nanoseconds, and that level of stress and pressure will increase. A world where it's hard to be spiritually, emotionally, and physically healthy. It's not impossible, but it's hard. And it's got harder in the West. Do you know in the 1950s, they predicted how many hours we would all be working by 2010? Have a guess. A little bit higher. In between to 20, about, about 20 hours a week. So with how, you know, with how uh, we're <laughs> producing things and what people spend on average, if you predict ahead, we should be able to work 20 hours a week. Do you know the average number of hours worked in the UK across the population? (laughs) That's you, Deborah. (laughs) I don't think so. It's about about 57. It's about 57. (coughs) We work to buy things with money we haven't got. We buy things we often don't need with money we haven't got, and then we slave ourselves in work to raise not enough money to buy the things we don't need. I'm not saying all of you lot, but society as a whole. That's the position we've managed to get ourselves at. And actually, I'll talk about this maybe another time, there was a decision in the 1930s in America. This guy said, he said, we need to move America from a country that needs things to a country that wants things. We need to build in planned obsolescence. We need to we need to move towards an economy with planned <coughs> obsolescence so that your iPhone will get changed every year. Other phone brands are available, praise God.
2: Sorry,
1: Means it's no good. No no use anymore. So they, they build it so that it will it has a limited time span. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But the point was, somebody in the 1930s said, we need to deliberately plan to move in that direction so that our economy will be based on what people need, not on what people want. And that's why we work more hours. Because if we'd stayed at what we had then, we'd all be working 20 hours a week. Because you'd buy a simple washing machine and it'd last 20 years. My like, My LED. Anyway, let's not... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> See, we, we need to be the people who bring and bear a world and a lifestyle that reflects what Jesus said. Again, in a well-known passage, but one that I want you to look at together. So if, again, if you're new to us, this might be different for you. Don't feel intimidated. You can sit quietly. Other people will are familiar with this idea. But I've always got this great feeling that, you know, you lot can be wise and you can think on things and you can read scripture and then you can tell us what it means. So um, you can do as many. I mean, you could do two groups. You could do four groups. Maybe, maybe do split them down a little bit rather than just inside. And I'd like you to read Matthew 11, 25 to 30. But l- listen carefully. and I put it on the screen. OK, the first time you read it as a group or somebody reads it out loud, please do not read it in the message. Read it in the NIV or the NLT or something different, okay? And I want you to talk about it. Just, I'm not, I'm not giving you questions really this morning. I just want you to be like, well, what does this sound like? What, what, does it, what does it make me think and feel? And then, then I want you to read it again in the message. And if you haven't got a message in your group, I'll bring you the iPad and put it onto the message, okay? We're doing like a third little group. So some of you guys from over here... Richard or Colin Newlot or somebody else different. Why don't you come and join these? So there's like three groups rather than okay. So just read through it. Matthew eleven twenty five to thirty. What impacts you? What do, what sort of makes you think? Oh, that's interesting. But don't read it in the message. Then read it again in the message. So I'm hoping that having slagged off phones, I'm hoping somebody's got a phone where where you can change the translation. And if you can't, I'll give you mine and you can read it. No, I've got an Android phone with just the same stuff on, so you know. Okay. About what does it sound like? Okay. Actually let's no let's, when you when you've done it in the NIV or the NLT, let's get a little bit of feedback and then send you off to read it in the message and then we'll get feedback again. Is that, that alright? So if you if you've done the NIV NLT or whatever you've got I'm not gonna list you know them all off. Just let me know if you done in your groups have you had a chance to talk about that passage? Let's have a little bit longer and then we'll give me a bit of feedback and then we'll do it again in the message. So don't don't read the message yet, read it in the first translation. What happens? What do you think? (laughs) <laughs> okay let, let's have a little bit of what what did you think when you read it what what struck you somebody tell us He wants, sorry, let me turn that on to a different power supply. He wants us to be like children. Yeah, okay. To live, say that again, Bev. To live carefree lives. Carefree lives. Okay, anybody else? What did anybody else get? Let me, let me get the mic to you before you...
2: Come on. Pauline.
1: What did you get? Come on, somebody say, grab a mic, Pauline. Thank you. It's just so it went on the recording, everybody can hear. No one
0: knows.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Absolutely. Anybody else? Anybody from here? What What struck you?
0: Am I doing that bit? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: there's a in verse 28. It says, "Come to me,"
1: and then in 29, it says, "Take my yoke." And learn from me, and there's a, an invitation. Guys, when, we let's listen to each other if we can. Good. And, and, and there's this kind of an invitation to partner with Jesus yeah. in certain things. Yeah, I love that. And, and there's yeah. a, there's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's an onus on us to to do things rather than just expect God to yeah. do everything for yeah. us. Yeah. Anybody Come else? to me so that you can take from me. Yeah, I like that. Cool. Uh, anybody else? John Richard. Anyone say anything? Yeah, I touched on uh,
2: Armenianism and their predestination, (laughs) yeah.
1: From Matthew 11, that's interesting. It it, it says, uh,
2: except the son
1: and to whom the son chooses to reveal him, and that bit has always stood out on me. Okay, cool, yeah, that's interesting. I, hadn't spot- I had spotted that historically, but I wasn't thinking about that this morning. That's cool, Richard. Thank you. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole <laughs> particularly. Okay. let me also want to try anything about when you've read it in the in those versions. What? Do- why are you volunteering, John? It's like it's, like- it's like at school. He's going to say something.
2: No. Okay. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I spent
1: half my school days there. Liz, to be honest, go on, Mike. Well, it, w- it was the children bit that stood out to me because sure. obviously people who think they're clever in their own mind don't behave like little children. I thought, well, what is the main attribute of a child towards its parent? And it's love, isn't it? A child yeah, yeah. wants love from its parents. Yeah, yeah. So we need to learn the love of the Father, yeah. the love of Jesus from them and then give it out to others, you know, yeah. in the simplicity of a child. It's not yeah. about primarily about knowledge. Cool, come on. Excellent. Right. So now, unless anyone wants to add anything, I would like you to read it again in the message. Read it again in the message, please. If if your group hasn't got access to the message, tell me and I'll get you a get you access. Okay. Uh, just show me to finish. Okay. So what 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 struck you this time? I'll let that group finish talking and then we'll we'll start over here. What struck you this time when you when you read the message? Come on, Ola. Do you mind using the mic? There's no problem. That's right Yeah, I, I just said in my group that um, God is um, gi- giving us an assurance. Just like uh, we, to our children, uh, at any point in time, they ask for anything. The children, as they're asking, they're also uh, confident that we're definitely going to give them what they ask for. So now if you relate this to to God, God is assuring us that in any situation we find ourselves, (coughs) whatever things that Mm -hmm. burdens our hearts, that we should be confident that He has a solution with Him. That's it. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you, Roland. Uh, Anybody else in there? What, anything else strike you?
0: It just goes with what he was saying about the carefree life. A child doesn't go to bed at night worrying about things because they know Daddy's going to take care of it. And that's how we can live lightly and freely. Come on.
1: Cool. Anybody else? When you 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 were chatting in this group. So you don't have to do Charmaine. Um,
0: I was just saying that this is one of my favourite verses. Yes. Um, especially the bit 28 to 30. But what it, whenever I read it, I always think about the context in which Jesus was speaking. And at the time, there would have been a lot of religion and a lot of expectation for you to live a certain way. Um, and there is now, really, isn't there for us? Like, not necessarily religion, but it's other things now. But what it, what it speaks to about for me is, is laying it all down and being obedient to the voice of Jesus above anything else and putting everything at his feet and being led by him, not by expectation or what. You know, somebody else thinks I should do and it, it, that's kind of what it speaks to me and that whole freely and lightly thing and laying it all down yeah. um, and learning the unforced rhythms of grace I think is beautiful yeah, yeah come
1: on, thank you Sharon. Yeah. yeah I mean that. The, I always suggest people read things in different translations don't just read in one translation and read it out loud I don't just love the flow of that, learn from, learn from me the unforced rhythms of grace oh, that sounds fantastic has a, a, a flow of words. Anybody else want to add anything? What struck you? What hit you? John was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a guest. I will those words.
2: Thank you very much. Um, yeah, we, we were struck by the um, concealing your ways from sophisticates and know-it-alls. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I shared that I remember um, watching a TV programme probably 20, 25 years ago, and they were discussing the Christian faith and this intellectual guy on it, who was also a little bit plummy, um, said eh, it 's all so simplistic <clears throat> and kind of put everything down on the basis that it was too simple yeah, yeah. Um, and how we all want everything to be you know big and jazzy and complicated and and special um, and Jesus is born in a manger, and shepherds go and yeah. worship him yeah. and and God is so contrary to how we think everything should be done. Um, And that that just stands out in that that passage.
1: Anybody else? Last chance? Anyone want to tell me anything else that's hit you, struck you? No? Okay. It's interesting, as I say, as you read things in different versions, if you start like the NIV or NLT, it draws out the fact that Jesus starts with praise. He says, I praise you, Father. So the words of invitation that he come, that he gives comes out of thankfulness, comes out of him aligning himself. I praise you, Father, that this is how you work. That you hide things from people who think they've got, they've got it all right, and you show it to those who are who are going to lean in and, and want to listen. So he starts with praise, doesn't he? And then he says, "Come out, come and be with me, come and hang out with me." And in the message, you know, the unforced rhythms. Are you tired? Are you worn out? My word, as I look at a world, I see a world that is tired and worn out. And on occasion, I'm tired and worn out as well. Come and hang out with me. Now there's an invitation. Do you know what, uh, it's a, in the old version you hear it as you know, come and take my yoke upon you, doesn't it? In the, like, I don't know if they said that in the NIV, but that's the way this verse is often remembered. Take my yoke upon me. Do people know what a yoke is? What was a yoke? No, it's with an egg. No, come on, come on, sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's the bit that went over the shoulders that the animals that would push into. Yeah. Okay. So a, a, a badly made yoke would rub the animal and make them sore, and it would break the skin. A well-made yoke would would not. Okay. Do you know what yokes were made out of in, in these times? It would have been wood. Yeah. What skill set did Jesus have? Yeah. A well-made yoke fits. The yoke was made out of wood. Jesus is a carpenter. If, you, if Jesus wanted an advertising slogan, my yoke fits. He, he, he knows what life is about. He knows how life is to be lived. If, if you want to be physically, emotionally and spiritually healthy, do it his way. Because what he lays upon you fits. It doesn't rub. It will shape you and form you and make you stronger, yes, as you push against it and lean into it. But it doesn't rub. and not cut into you. It fits. Come and live life lightly with me. Jesus is the answer. There are things that we can apprentice, that we can learn from him to move as, into a life that shows who he is. Silence and solitude is one thing. But I want to talk about something else just briefly this morning. I want to introduce a theme that we'll probably come back to, both Liz and I and probably other people. All I can do this morning is sort of graze against it and then we'll, we'll, we'll come back. So that if you're not here regularly, it'll be on the podcast and all those sort of things. The next practice of Jesus that I think we should look at is what happens immediately after in Matthew 12, or gets talked about in Matthew 12. Anybody know what it is? The next two bits of conversation are about something. So go and have a look. Just scan down always worth, remember, the chapter breaks are not in Scripture. They're put in afterwards to help us understand it. Don't stop at the end, flow into the next bit. What does he talk about? Sabbath. Sabbath. The The writers of the New Testament lay things out in a particular order to make a point. They actually don't just follow the pattern of the life of Jesus in a chronological order. They're not biographies. They contain biogra- biographical information, but they're not biographies. They're actually they're, they're pamphlets that we're meant to read them and come to a conclusion. They're like a journalist reporting to tell you the big reveal at the end. That's how the gospels are laid out. So it's interesting. Jesus says, "Come and learn the enforced rhythms of grace," and then he talks about Sabbath. Sabbath. The, the Hebrew word is Shabbat. Has a very complicated meaning. When you look it up and study it, it it's, it's really hard to translate. Do you know what it is? Stop. Stop. That's what Sabbath means. Stop. That's it. And Jesus talks about stopping... 45 times in the Gospels, mostly in Luke, 17 times in Luke, he talks about the Sabbath. And the idea of Sabbath, of course, we know, comes from the second chapter of Genesis. So right at the start of the Bible, in the first two chapters, right at the start of chapter 2, heaven and earth were finished down to the last detail. Can you move on, Donnie? By the seventh day, God had finished his work. On the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day. He made it a holy day because on that day, he rested from his work. He rested from his work, all the creating God had done. Sabbath. Now, you might think when you read through scripture, whenever Jesus talks about Sabbath, he's usually telling somebody off or they're saying to him, you do these things on Sabbath and you shouldn't do. That is certainly part of the discussion. The point is, Jesus kept Sabbath. He was a good Jewish boy. He kept the pattern of having a day where he stopped. And we need to learn to stop. Stop working. Stop wanting. Stop worrying. Because a regular pattern of stopping, of resting, restores us. Now, you were never meant to rest from work; you were meant to work from rest. We we treat it as if this is the this is the zero line, and we work and we work, so we go into the negative. We work and we work and we work, and then we get to Saturday, and and we have a day off. Well we don't because we spend the day shopping or running around doing all our chores and catching up and then we, we get ourselves back to zero so that by Monday we've just got just about got enough energy to drag ourselves to work. No 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 the pattern Jesus has is rest. get yourself in credit. get yourself higher in me, go deeper in me so that as you live life you are drawing from resources. you're in the positive and you always stay in the positive we don't rest from work we work from rest that's the pattern in scripture and we're going to unpack it a lot more another week i will give you a theology of sabbath we'll talk about where it appears in the old testament and the new testament and together i want us i'm starting to wonder can we work out some ways to do sabbath because if we want to do what jesus did we need to do what jesus did if you want the unforced rhythms of grace sabbath is one of the patterns. Let me illustrate it another way, which is what the thread was for. Now this could go dramatically wrong, and I could smash the speaker or something else. Okay, so let's say this side is your what you output, what you give to God, your productivity, how you live life. Yes. So swinging that way is what you output, what you give to God. Okay. Swinging this way is resting. Okay? So if I want to do if I want to go this high, look how far back it swings. If I want to go this high, look how far back it swings. If you want to be able to give out more, you're going to have to learn to rest more. That's the pattern. Backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, like a pendulum. If you want to go higher, you're going to have to rest more. If you want to give more, you're going to have to rest more. If you want to stay here, that's okay. But you still need to rest. But if you want to do more, you're going to have to rest more. Who's scared? Yes. How high we can go depends on how much we withdraw, how deeply we dig into rest, because that's what restores us. All the all the psychologists will tell you, there isn't there is an infection of not an infection. It's the wrong word. There is there is a spread of poor mental health, of dissatisfaction. Of relationships that are fractured and broken. What's one of the answers? Sabbath. Stop. And I I haven't worked it all out as to what that will mean for us. I've I've got some clues. It's going to mean getting one of these things and shutting it in a drawer. On a day of rest. I think for me. Might work out differently for you. But it's going to mean not being available. To other things treading it off and not being driven by oh I can you know and yes that means I might I might get lost because i haven 't got maps anymore I could just use a map it 's what we used to do isn 't it it, it 's probably going to look like actually I am not going to do any shopping i 'm not suggesting we go back to the nineteenth <laughs> you know who remembers the 1970s when you know Sunday was just like the most boring day of the universe, wasn't it? You know, but I, actually there was some wisdom in it. There was an, an old book that said, "Sunday, you know, it's the day that you think how many baths can I usefully have in one day, <laughs> and then you look at the clock and think it's still eleven o'clock. I've got all the rest of." It. But I'm I'm pondering if my resting requires somebody else to labour. By opening a shop or running a restaurant or doing something else, am I really stopping? I think when I look in Scripture, and I'm going to come back to this and and do it in a lot more detail, there is a difference between resting and stopping and distracting and leisure. Because often what we do to rest is go to the cinema or go out for a walk. Maybe Maybe that does fit into resting. I sit and watch the rugby, I enjoy that, but actually I'm, I'm not certain that's stopping. Not in the biblical sense, not in the pattern of Jesus. So I, I can't, I, and I don't want to be prescriptive, because actually, those of you who have been doing the Roman study with me, you know Paul writes and says, one group of people are like, I keep my holy days, and you don't, and they're all judging each other. So we certainly can't get like that, it can't be rules and regulations But I do wonder if there's some things we can start doing together and some things in our family. I know know biblically Sabbath includes feasting. You start with a family meal. And it was an enjoyable family meal. It was time to share stories and be together. And then there would be a day where where literally you rested. Where you would have time to, to, to just not do any work and not buy things, and not worry about things. How we do that when people have got shift patterns and all sorts of, you know, people go away for weekends and everything else, we're going to have to work on, and I suggest we start doing some thinking about it together. We'll, We'll give you some input, but I guess all I want you to do this morning is lean in and be receptive, be open to the idea that Sabbath is something we should be thinking about. And Sabbath is not Sunday. I know people say, oh, well, you know, the Christians replace Saturday with Sunday because Sunday was the first day of the week and we celebrate Jesus' resurrection and we do church. I've got Certainly for me, Sunday is not a day off. Actually, I'm not certain it is for you guys. Especially in the way we try and do family and do things together and set up together entirely. You no, know, it, it requires effort from all of us. So I don't, I don't think we can equate Sabbath with Sunday. There might be a little bit of an overlap, but I'm pondering. And we might need to do things at different times in the week for different people, because people work different patterns, and I get all of that. But I'm wondering, how can we do Sabbath? Can we learn the main things, which I think are delighting, stopping, resting? Delighting, stopping, resting. We're going to do more in the new year. But I'm just trying to lay this foundation and say to you, as you read through your Bible in the coming weeks, look at the verses where he talks about Sabbath. Do a little bit of digging around about what did Sabbath mean? What does it mean to have rest? And together we'll start doing some more stuff. Maybe suggesting some things we can think about. To make Sabbath part of our way of doing life. Because we want to be a people who do what Jesus did, which means we need to do what Jesus did. And Jesus did Sabbath. So I hope I've whetted your appetite to say, actually, this is, this is something we're going to have to dig into. And it's not going to be in one week. It's not a one-off chat. It's something we're going to come back to. So for now, let's just, let's just stand. If you want to do, so stay sat down if that's the most relaxing way for you. It's just you know standing up sort of changes your body position and changes your concentration for a minute. and um, what I would love you to do, you need to make the choice for yourself is just be quiet for a second and and say to the Lord. Is Sabbath something I should be thinking about? Is this this practice that Jesus followed, is it something I need to be thinking about? And allow the Holy Spirit to talk back to you. Don't, don't go, show me, give me answers, tell me what to do. Just simply go and ask that question. Is this something I need to lean into? If you hear the answer yes, then say, Okay Lord, start showing me. That's that's it. I'm not I'm not doing some other ministry time this morning. Lean in. Is Sabbath something you need to we need to think about? Okay, if it is Lord, then start showing me. Bring verses across my path. Start conversations. Give me resources. I can suggest some to you. Let me—I I, want to lean in—and then, Lord, by Your Holy Spirit, speak to us as a group of people about what it would look like to be a church that starts to do Sabbath. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 And we've done a lot of worship, and then you'll be doing lots of work together. We're going to keep on looking at it. But for now, get a drink, chat to each other. Tidying Up will be going on around you. You can participate in that as you can and want to do. We are back next week, 11.30, outside the cinema, You know, near, near the Broadmoor, Broadway.